Hi there, welcome along to the podcast this week. We have a very special guest with us. No, I'm not talking about the man who is the Spirit Cup champion, our resident Premier Soccer League winner, Courtney Fries. He's my partner in crime. Courtney, how are things today with you and Grace Essex? Absolute fantastic, Zane. Um, being held down heavily by Ofsted. <laughs> uh, the weather is terrible, just how I like it. Very happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, we hope those inspections at school go well, Courtney. I know they're very important and busy. But we have a man who I always say, I mean, Sean Bartlett, Bafana Bafana legend, played in the Premier League. Does anybody, do you go a day without every, anybody going, tell us about that goal? <laughs> uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind, you know, and you know, to, to actually think about it 20 years later and we're still talking about that goal, like you've mentioned, and it just gives me goosebumps every time. And even the Premier League, I think about a week ago, their Instagram handle tweeted it and uh, posted it. And I'm like, how do these people still post these things, you know? And um, I'm almost, uh, you know, close to 50, but uh, <laughs> on, on the bright side is obviously, it's, it's nice to be remembered still in mm-hmm. the UK. Mm-hmm. No, and that goal is phenomenal, the one you had for Charlton. I know we've spoken to you about it. We're going to get into the pod, and we're going to talk to you about your new role at Cape Town Spurs, where you're coaching the yeah. old IX Cape Town. But before we get there, I just yeah. want to say to all our listeners out there, we love hearing from you. So hit us up on our social media accounts, OTW underscore podcast mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget, we're on Facebook and YouTube on, on the Whistle Podcast. And for those who listen to the most recent pod, we did our very first giveaway. I love curry. I know Courtney loves curry. I hope Sean loves curry. Um, and the best place to get your curry in Peter Maritzburg is Curry Court. And you know how we know that? Courtney told us. But more importantly, Ryan Moon, the Bafana Bafana Ford, who's playing in Sweden, he came on our podcast and he said he is missing a mutton curry from Curry Court. And you know what? Curry Court came on board. They sponsored three meals that we are able to give out to our listeners. And the first... Um, meal voucher will be going to Vilma Swales van Rensburg, who said, congratulations, Ryan, ever so humble and a truly inspiring uh, young man for upcoming athletes and soccer players. Proud moments for you and the family. And then we had Lungani Zama, who said, this boy has a lot to say. We noted the treachery in forgetting his mom's kitchen, but that is between him and Mrs. Moon. Great to hear him mention that he went to Marisburg College on a rugby scholarship, but ended up as a pro footballer. Too many kids think that they need to make their mind up so early. It's not the case. So again, two fantastic comments. We have one more meal to give away. Let us know what you thought about the interview with Ryan. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast. Tell us and and you could get a taste of one of Peter Maritzburg's finest Indian food establishments, and we love our Indian food here. But without further ado, we're going to get into our pod today with Sean. You've patiently waited, like a good meal, like a good curry. It takes a little bit of time, but I'm going to hand over to Courtney. You just made me hungry now. That's the problem. <laughs> Listen, it's nearly I would dinner love time. A bunny chow. You want a I would bunny? love a bunny chow now. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. Maybe we can get one of those meals to you, and you could be you could be the final taste tester. But before you came on the pod, I, I don't normally like to talk about what happens off camera. But um, Courtney yeah. was telling me how he could have marked you out of anything, and there's no way you would have scored that goal against him against Manning Rangers. Mm. So maybe this is a perfect point to throw him under the bus and let him start oh, the interview. Behave yourself, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, Courtney, did you have the did you have the speed in the old days? Well, listen, mark me. Sean, I, I didn't have I didn't have anything. <laughs> Let me just say that I, I was just <laughs> at the right place at the right time. Uh, Gordon yeah. said to me, "Well, I think we short. We'll take you." And uh, before I knew mm. it, I had a medal Premier League winner. I was excited. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, listen, I always say to my players. It's not the distance you cover on the field. It's the distance between your ears that's important. So wow. maybe you have that. The, 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 well, that, there you go. There you go. We all have our attributes. <laughs> yeah. So, Sean, um, you know, we, we follow you on Twitter a lot. Um, and you, you, you've now moved. Can you tell for our listeners, where are you currently? And why is it so significant, this move that you've just made? Hmm. Well, I've pretty much gone full circle, to be honest. Um, I'm back in Cape Town. I've taken up a head coach, uh, a coach position with Cape Town Spurs. That's currently in the, the Glad Africa Championship, which is the uh, second tier of uh, professional football in South Africa. And next year, actually, it's going to be 30 years since I made my debut for Cape Town Spurs. So um, to come back as the head coach, it was very emotional. Obviously, there's a lot of hype around it. Uh, but the club do find um, ourselves in a very, very you know, difficult situation. So for me, coming in is to try and turn things around. Uh, as a coach, there's no, been, no real mandate been given, but you always want to achieve the best possible outcome. So we're going to try and push as hard as we can and try and get promotion back to the PSL because I think for Cape Town, uh, you know, it will be lovely and great uh, for Cape Town Spurs to be at elite football level again. Uh, where it was in the 90s. Now, Sean, when you talk about Cape Town Spurs, for, for the listeners who are a bit younger than ourselves, mm. who don't know about Cape Town Spurs and know yeah. the team after Cape Town Spurs, which John Cometas took over, can you just give us yeah. that historical thread? Because you started off at mm. Cape Town Spurs and then it became, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah um, you know, it actually goes way back to the 70s and... Uh, I think then it was predominantly, you know, um, I think uh, the colored players that played in, in, in those teams. And after a while, obviously, it was uh, acquired by different owners. And, you know, when in the 90s, when John Kamitis uh, took the franchise after the club won the league and cup double in 95, um, they made Cape Town Spurs and a club called Seven Stars into Ajax Cape Town. And they had a relationship with Ajax Amsterdam for, you know, more than 20 years. And until recently, where that relationship uh, sort of fell apart, uh, John Kamitis went his own way. He started Cape Town City. Uh, and then the brother-in-laws uh, kept the franchise of Cape Town Spurs and felt it was probably it was the perfect time to sort of reignite um, Cape Town Spurs and rejuvenate under new logo, new ownership. Um, and obviously now with a new head coach as well. So I think it's just to bring back the interest in Cape Town in general and see how we can get the club back to where it really belongs. Now, Sean, you hold legendary status at this club before it became uh, IX Cape Town and a very famous club within um, on the South African shores on the beautiful Cape Town Peninsula. As a legend coming back into this club, yes, the team is in a a difficult position, but this past weekend, you got a draw against in a local derby. Yeah. What are you looking to do as the head coach of Cape Town Spurs? 
Well, I think firstly, you know, everybody's recognizing what I did with a club as a player. Um, but I'll tell you, like I told the players, you know, I'm coming back as a coach. Um, whatever I achieved as a player doesn't really, you know, count for what I want to do as a coach with this current uh, squad. And I think that's the important thing is we want to achieve great things. Uh, and I say to the players, I'm a coach that want to be successful. It's a matter of will be part of that success or not. They need to make sure, obviously, they contribute as far as that is concerned. Um, and, and I want to try and get this club, uh, like I said, promoted to the PSL. And I think that's as difficult as it sounds and is, um, I think it's very much uh, possible because I've got an unbelievable squad at Cape Town Spurs. Very young. Uh, it's a good balance of young players and experienced players. And the, and the quality is unbelievable. It's just a matter of reinstilling that confidence and making sure the players understand this is their job. You know, there's nothing else for them. So you've got to make sure you invest enough. And when you hold up that trophy at the end of the season, that's your just reward for all the sacrifices and investment you had throughout the season. Now, Sean, you've coached at Golden Arrows. And to declare an interest, I'm a fan of Alfana Vestende. They were my team when I was in Durban. Um, And you coached them. You were successful in getting them back to uh, the Premier Soccer League. You've come into a situation where you're back in, 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 in you know, um, in the league below below our elite uh, top class league in South yeah. Africa. When you look at how you got the team back up and the, the situation you've walked in now, um, how do you assess the challenge here compared to what you have before? Um, there's a few lessons I've learned from that Golden uh, Arrows experience. Um, obviously, I will carry it into this particular job as well. But football evolves every year. And as a coach, uh, I'm very fortunate enough to to hold qualifications from uh, obviously the UK and, and I try and every year do, you know, uh, continual player development uh, skills and programs where it keeps me up to date as to what needs to be done in order to keep your players interested. And I think that for me ultimately is very important. So I think um, I've always been a coach that, that wants to plan uh, properly, prepare and then train and, and play to win. Um, and I can actually tell you a little secret as well. I only told my wife at the end of that season of Golden Arrows, I showed her pay. I said, look, we have 57 points. We've got one go to make 60 points. This is what I did at the beginning of the season. I took five games, blocks of five games, and my final total was 60 points. And she said, but is this a coincidence? Wow. I said, no, this is all about planning, you know? You've got to look ahead and see where you want to go are you going to get there? And what solutions do you need to find along the way in order to achieve that goal? So, so for me, it's always been about planning. Um, I think I'm very meticulous about the, the smaller detail, uh, but also a lot about it. Um, I find that in South African soccer, if you focus on the basics, you already make your player a better player than the opponent. You're coaching, obviously, at Cape Town Spurs now. You've spoken about planning being important, how goal-setting was vital when you were at Golden Arrows. I mean, mm. what, what a fantastic lesson. But you've come from coaching in South Africa's Premier Soccer League. It's one of the best-resourced yeah. leagues on the African continent. When you coach at first division level, what are some of the things that people might be unaware that you don't have? Are you having to do more of the video analysis? Do you get less time to train? Um, there's a massive difference between, you know, uh, the Glad Africa Championship and the PSL in South Africa because obviously your budget is not the same, which means you've got to cut back on a lot of things besides uh, maybe the, the size of the squad 
also salary-wise, your, your your players won't earn the same as, as much as a PSL player. And then the technical team also, it can't be as big as a, as a PSL team because you've got to, you've got to know every cent, to be honest. And maybe uh, most clubs in the Glad Africa don't have all the bells and whistles uh, as far as PSL are concerned, but I can you know honestly tell you, I think Cape Town Spurs is probably one of the best-run clubs uh, in the country. Uh, if you come to the, even the facility itself, you won't find many around the country where clubs actually own their own facility. And Cape Town Spurs do, there, do have that. So, you know, you can come in the training ground. You'll have a, there's a shop where you can buy stuff. You can see the, train, uh, the, the field itself. There's uh, facilities for, for players to actually live on site as well for the younger players, academy players. Uh, those are all things that obviously most clubs don't have. And for me to come in here also is to ensure that obviously we want to improve on every aspect in as far as the football are concerned. We do try, like you've indicated, to, to focus holistically on, on the player, whether it be physically, uh, mentally or nutritionally. We want to make sure we can uh, improve the, 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 the person itself to the player. And I think that's also very important where we understand that we're dealing with people first for footballers. Sean, thank you. Thank you very much for that, the way you've answered that. I think it just gives an opportunity to, for the supporters, the local supporters and Cape Town's, uh, Cape Town's uh, Spurs world supporters to understand that um, the, the club is going in the right direction and they've recruited a legend to help them get there. But let's bring you more into the world of football here, Sean. You know, you're an international, you played in the Premier League. Bafana, Bafana, I've got a few games coming up in the next uh, international break. What do you foresee their prospects in getting six points in the next game? Well, I think the most difficult game will be the last game, going to Ghana, you know, and, and they're not that far behind us. So I think we've got to try and, and make sure that we win at least the first game. Going to Ghana is going to be tricky because, you know, only the top team qualifies uh, for the playoffs. There are 10 groups, which means 10 teams qualify and you've got to play another you know, qualification, last qualification game in order to qualify for the World Cup. So I think that that in itself will pose a, a major challenge. But I think we've proved over the last four games that we're capable of competing with the best. And nobody gave us a chance to beat Ghana at home, firstly, and we've done that. And also not conceding goals has been, uh, I think, pretty good because there's a lot of stability at the moment, whether it be with selection or um, I think even the players uh, that's been called up are on form. Before, it was always about, uh, you know, players that have done things in the past. Now, the head coach just looks at which players are on form, who can I call up, and it's also a very young squad. And I think that that in itself shows that he's not just uh, wanting to build the team, but also he wants to get results uh, from day one. Percy Tal has moved from Brighton to al Ahli. Mm. He's working with Pizzo Mosamani. Um, no. You played up front, Sean. You know what it's like to face scrutiny, face pressure, mm. big club games, big games for the national team. What advice would you give to Percy um, now that he's back in Africa, he's playing in Al-Akhli, um, Brighton mm. um, didn't work out as he, as he might have liked, but what advice would you be giving him as he looks to almost restart his career, reignite his career, um, both um, at club and, and country level? Yeah, I think the fortunate thing for me is having worked with Percy um, a few years ago at, at national team level, 
when I assisted Stuart Baxter for a few games. And uh, even recently now, I'm still in contact with him, you know, uh, you know a bit of banter on, on social media, whether it be private messaging uh, on, on Instagram. But I think he's, he's, he, he realized that, you know, moving to obviously Al-Akhli and leaving Brighton, uh, he needs to reignite his career, like you said. And I think he's done, he's obviously started on a good note, um, you know, getting two goals in your first game for Al-Akhli. It's always a good uh, start in the, a foundation. And when it comes to the national team, he's always, you know, he's always carried himself well. He's, he's got the big match uh, temperament. Um, and I know he knows that in some way almost uh, the country depends on him because he is the bright spark uh, in our national team at this moment in time as far as uh, where he's playing and what he's done over the last couple of years. So I think he handled that pressure really well. And he knows exactly as to what he's capable of doing as far as his talent is concerned, and also not to play within himself or limit himself by, um, I know, doing things that's not, uh, uh, you know, out of ordinary. So for me, I think what he's done for the national team in a very short space of time is um, ex exceptional, in my opinion, and I, I expect him to do a lot more in the next few years. Look, and I know the interview's coming to, to an end because this is a shorter yeah. interview we have with you, Sean. <laughs> but... Um, this is a little bit of a lighthearted question. I mean, um, we keep our eye on the Premier Soccer League and we noticed yeah. that uh, the game between Amazulu and Gallants had to be yeah. called off because the teams yeah. had similar, similar colored jerseys. Um, again, uh, I don't know if you've ever been involved in that, but what was your take, I mean, on, on that entire... That, that entire let, let, let me put it this way. It, 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 it would have been like, you know, if you're wearing a white shirt with a white cupboard behind him. That is not ideal, is it? That's my flat pack, Dad. That's my flat pack. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you kudos because you had to put it together yourself, you know? <laughs> I, I, didn't just have to, you know I didn't just have to put it together, Sean. I had to put it together with yeah. my wife watching me. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. That's pressure, dude. That's, That's pressure. Okay, I'm, I'll, I won't tell the public about the two screws that were left over. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> for me, it's, you know, honestly, I really felt embarrassed because you're talking about a top league, and PSL always, you know, they always say, yeah, they're one of the top ten leagues in the world, whether it be you know with the revenue or the way it's run and everything. But to have a game abandoned. And we're not talking about from the first minute. We're talking about after 10 minutes. How long does it take you to recognize that actually there's a clash of colors between teams? Firstly, as a coach, I know there's a meeting before where you have to disclose home team and away team, what you're going to wear, what your goalkeepers are going to wear, what the referee's going to wear. So there's no, in any way, in no way, any clash of colors. So I, don't, I honestly do not understand how it came to the match, started the match, and then realized, oh, uh, the two colors are very, very similar. Um, the peers all have made an announcement. They're going to look into this, and people will have to be accountable for what happened because uh, when it comes to television rights also, um, these, these clubs obviously need to be responsible for that. And also to reschedule a venue also is very costly. Um, so... Um, I'm hoping, obviously, the best outcome for this situation. But, you know, first instance, very embarrassing for the league, for the sponsors, for everybody, to be honest, whether it be the home team or away team. Um, you need to make sure that you have at least have a second kit available. 
Sean, we're going to wrap this up. But final question. You played in the Premier League and I'm talking about the English Premier League. Um, Oli at Man United is going through a difficult period. It's very quick yeah. how supporters can get on a manager's back from the couch. Yeah. Never having managed a team in their lives, never having managed a junior team in their lives, always having answers on what should be done. What is your take yeah. on the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer situation at Man United? So after making that long statement, he still asked my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> he just said my opinion. <laughs> well done, Courtney. Thank you very much for putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, so when Ole do gets uh, voted out, uh, you can just blame Sean Bartlett. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, you know, I think, I think everybody will always have an opinion. But as a coach, you know you can only control what's in your hands. What other people think, what other people believe, uh, shouldn't really matter. Because at the end of the day, if they decide for you to do things and you get fired, it's not going to be your own decision. So whatever decision he's making at this moment in time, he knows it comes with consequences. And I think the very fortunate thing at this moment in time is guys like Ronaldo and, and Pogba and these guys is keeping him a job because I think every time he's on the verge of being sacked, the team comes up with the result. Whether it be a 3-0 last week at Spurs or even the draw against Atalanta, um, I think uh, so. Uh, management is probably looking and, and around to see who's, who's available or who's more experienced because I think when it comes to the big matches, um, he hasn't really turned up uh, probably more in a tactical way to, to get the best out of his players because, uh, for instance, the Liverpool game was very disappointing and there were a lot of questions asked about that that particular performance and the way he set up the team um, to try and get a result. And, you know, to, to be, in, you know, really thrashed at home uh, by one of your biggest rivals, you could even see the, you know, the expression on the face of uh, Salix. He, was, he wasn't happy. So I think it's, it's, it's skating on very thin ice, to be honest. Sean, honest as always. It's a pleasure to talk to you as always. Thank you for making time to meet with us again today. Uh, we wish you all the best in your new managerial role. Um, I know you have the facilities there, but you also yeah. you feel the right person to make the right level of impact. Uh, from myself and Zane, thank you so much for coming on this evening. Okay, thank you very much. I'm not going to promote anyone, but I think for any any company, but I think hopefully the next few results in my season will be just as hot as that Martin Curry from Marisburg. Maybe you get the third meal from Curry Court, Sean. Maybe you get the third meal. But listen, thank you I'll as well. I'll, I'll take anything that comes in threes, even <laughs> points. <laughs> nice. Thank, thank you very much, guys. I thank really you, appreciate Sean. it. All the best. Always, always great. Cheers, mate.